We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. This is episode 0.1. I know that's a weird number, and you know how we like to embrace the decimal, but this is a very special episode. We are doing an interview. That's right, not a normal movie review. Tonight we are doing an interview with my friend Erica Hogan. I'm very excited to have her on this show. This will be very different for both of us, and here we are. So, Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So, full disclosure, Erica, both being very talented as an actor and as a dancer, is also my friend. And that's why I was able to get her on the show with me. Uh, Erica and I worked together at the local theme park here called Carowinds. Um, from I was there from 2010 to 2000. And now you're going to age us. There's no need for years. Uh, well, I mean, people know how, <laughs> how old I am. But I was there for about four and a half, four years. And you were there at the same time. And were, for all intents and purposes, my supervisor for the majority of the time there. And... Um, you were involved. Well, tell me what you did there and we'll just go from there. Okay. Um, I actually had quite the journey at Carowinds. I started off in the rides department. I worked there, was a manager there. Then I started, I got moved to operations and I worked um, operations desk, which is rides, park services, games, and all that. And then they found that I could choreograph that I was a dancer. So at the time, the entertainment manager came up to me at the desk and he said, Erica, he said, you're a dancer. Why are you sitting behind this desk? I said, I don't know. It's paying the bills. I don't know what else you want me to say. And he was like, I have a spot in entertainment. I want you to come over. So then I moved over. I became the entertainment area manager. And that's what I did. Okay, great. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> where I knew you as. So yes. we would work together. Uh, I as technical staff uh, and you as the um, as the character supervisor and would, would choreograph some of the some of the kids shows. Some of my fondest memories is setting up sound for Charlie Brown and his, <laughs> his group while you, you know, you did the dance and, uh, for, uh, for all the music that we had set up, it was a lot of fun. And I, uh, well, I, I really did enjoy my time at Carowinds just like you. I know just wish that paid more, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good time. I had actually never, um, in all of my career worked in a character costume as such with the feet that large and working with props. So when it came to choreographing it, I would actually put the feet on um, and be in the green room trying to choreograph to make sure that the dancers or that the kids, because they're really kids in those costumes most of the time, they're 15 years old, would be able to move and do the steps. So cell phones weren't as big, cell phones recording, but it sure would be funny to see me dancing around and just character feet. Yeah, that'd be footage that would be kind of fun to leak out on the internet (laughs) now, right? So from there, I left and went to uh, somewhere else, and you stayed on for a few more years, I think, um, yep. and and then entertainment kind of changed, new management, and you left entertainment and uh, I think ultimately left Carowinds. But while you were at Carowinds and doing that, you also opened a dance studio, right? Yeah, I actually opened a dance studio while I was in college. Um, so, Yeah. So oh. I worked at job. I worked Carowinds and the studio for many, many years. Okay. Well, so you can tell me the name if you want to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. My studio is New Attitude Performing Arts Center. Um, we are just finished up our 12th year. 
We teach all styles of dance, tap, jazz, ballet, acro, aerial silks, acting to ages two and up. That's very cool. In fact, when my daughter uh, first experienced interest in dance, I asked you, do you have is one of your offices anywhere near where I lived? And unfortunately, the answer was no. Uh, as, as, as much fun as it would be to have my daughter be taught by you, I think an hour drive is a, probably outside of my... It's a bit much for her age. Maybe when she's older, we'll get you down here. Yeah, well, when she can drive <laughs> herself, then she can, go, she can go wherever she wants. Um, so I guess ultimately the reason why I asked you on this show, this show being uh, a, a movie review podcast, is that a lot of people that I know during COVID picked up a hobby. A lot of people decided to go podcasting or do build models or paint or sculpt or decided to you know lose weight and finally work on that 5k and you decided to be an actor <laughs> am i am, am i wrong in that summation that's kind of what it felt like being just you know facebook friends yeah it's it's kind of close um i actually auditioned for the agency right before right before covid hit um Basically, my thought was I'm a performer at heart. Um, I love to be in front of the audience. I love to dance. I love that feeling. And realistically, I'm not 16 years old anymore. So my body doesn't do what it used to do as a dancer. So I was like, what can I do that's still kind of in the realm of what I like? And I was like, well, I've always liked acting. I did drama in school. Dancing has a level of acting in it. So I searched and searched. I probably spent two months looking for an agency. And then I found one in South Carolina, went and auditioned. Um, I went as an actress and they said, your resume says you can dance. You're going to dance for us. I said, well, I have some leggings in the car. If you give me two seconds, I'll go change. And I came back in and I danced. And then three days later, they uh, offered to represent me. That's very cool. I, um, I remember when you signed and it was, it was very exciting. And I thought, oh, this is the beginning of what I hope will be a very, uh, very fun and long career. And I get to say that I knew you before. <laughs> See, it's all about me. I'm going to bring it all back to me. Um, and that's fine. So tell me about your experience there. Tell me what you did there in those early days before you kind of booked your first gig, because I remember seeing a lot of Facebook posts about, hey, we have signed Erica, and here are the exciting things we're going to do. So tell me about those early days. Yeah, so it was a lot of training. Um, our agency, we've got acting classes two to four times per week. And so I love that. They teach us aspects of the business. And it's crazy because I thought I knew so much. You know, you think you watch documentaries and you watch movies. You're like, oh, I work at a theme park. Oh, I'm a dancer. I know what's going on in this industry. Completely different. Completely blew my mind. Um, so we learned a lot about that. And then just the different types of acting and style. Like I'm coming from a theater background, had to learn how to tone everything down because I don't have to be as big on a camera as I do on a stage. So that was something I had to work on. You know, we've done teleprompter workshops where we learned to work with a teleprompter. Um learn how to audition, how to walk into different agencies. Like there's simple stuff that I didn't know. Like when you walk into an audition, don't shake the person's hand. We're taught to do that. But they're like, I audition 100 people a day. I don't want to shake 100 hands. Stand on your mark, read your lines, let's go. And it's like, oh, good to know. So yeah, a lot of training. And then a lot of, I don't know where this will go or maybe this will come up later, but I, you mentioned like all the cool things that I've done and I'll talk about that. I've done some commercials. I worked on the Oprah show, just filmed a movie in New York. But uh, I think it's important for people to know the amount of time that you get told no in this industry. Like there's such a process. So your agent submits you to a project. From there, they decided they even want to give you an audition. From the audition, there may be a callback, there may not, or you just don't hear anything. 
And I think people are like, man, Eric, it's like you signed and every day you're doing something. But I get told no so many times. I don't even know how much I get submitted for, but just the auditions that I turn in, I may get lucky if I book one of every 10. Like that's a good week if I get 10 auditions and one booking. Like that's fantastic. So I just think that's that's an important thing for people to know. Even as we talk through this interview, we start to talk about things that I've done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's fascinating for me because I never worked that side of the camera. I actually, you know, uh, you know this and people that listen to this, well, people that listen to my show know this. Um, I also worked TV and film, but I was crew. I was sound guy. I was already on set once the production was happening. And so I like not shaking the hands of the of the uh, audition. Like I never knew that because it makes total sense. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it really does, and I do remember, and uh, and you you even rem- reminded me of this is that I the one piece of advice I offered to you was be nice to the sound guy because <laughs> um, uh, I learned very early on set that you can fake bad camera work, but you can't fake bad sound, and it's you know if if you can you know make the sound guy's job easier, it means it's easier for you because you don't have to go back into the studio and do ADR, so. And the fun part is I always make it a point now whenever I go on any set to find the sound guy. And I always say, hey, I have a friend that's a sound guy. And he always says be nice to the sound guy. So I'm Erica. So <laughs> I've actually formed some of the best relationships on set with the sound guy. That's amazing. That's really amazing. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so, yeah, tell me about some of the projects. Your, uh, your first, uh, like, tell me about your first commercials and stuff that you did. Okay. Yeah. So I did um, my very first thing that I got booked on. It was kind of like, Eric, we want you to go on set and learn how to be on set. So it's just an extra in this health commercial. I think it came out and maybe if I peeked around the back, paused, closed one eye, I used a magnifying glass, I might be able to see myself in the background there. But that was a cool experience. And then I went on and I did another commercial. This was a little bit bigger. I actually had a supporting role. So you could see me on screen and that was fun. And then um, I did a couple more commercials and stuff after that, but I learned the most. Um, I got to work stand-in on the set of Delilah, which is Oprah Winfrey's newest show. I didn't even know what a stand-in was <laughs> when I got the job, but I heard Oprah, can you do it? I said, yes. And then I Googled what stand-in was after that, um, which if you don't know, a stand-in is the person. So there has to, they have to set the lights, the sound, the boom operator has to know where his mic is going. And of course they're not going to have the actor's, do that. They're in sound, they're in hair and makeup. So a stand-in, you generally have the same body type, the same look of the actor. And so then you go in there and you kind of do the choreography of the scene for the director, for the lights and sound. And then the actor and actress comes in, you may have quick dialogue with them to tell them, hey, make sure you stand here, blah, blah, blah. And then you move on. But it was just cool to be on a set for four and a half, five months and really get to see how the whole process worked. So then after that, um, I got my first co-starring role in a movie, which is super cool. Um, I play a detective, which, Sean, you know me because I'm such a detective. That's where the, <laughs> the acting part comes in. Um, and I filmed that in New York. It's called Keys and Cups. It's coming out September 11th. Um, it's a franchise film, so I'm actually signed on for two more of the movies already. Wow. And, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to – I want to talk more about the movie here in just a few minutes. Okay. Uh, but as like as I joked earlier, I'm going to bring it back to me. So you were actually filming. I don't know if you were there on set, uh, but Delilah filmed at mm-hmm. my community college. You were filming yep. in one of the buildings that I work in. So I was doing my rounds, uh, working on some AV stuff, and I turned the corner and I saw a production van. I knew exactly what it was. I'm like, oh, that's a production van. And then I saw a PA with a radio, 
and I saw the clipboard he was holding said Delilah. And I thought, I wonder what this is. So, you know, of course, pull my, pull my phone out, IMDb. And then I was like, wait a minute. I know Erica was filming something local. So I'm texting you, uh-huh. right? And you're like, yeah, I'm there. And then one of my friends was the van driver. His name was Will. And he was the van driver. I've known Will for 15 years. Will was the van drivers are awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Transpo. So when Will, um, in fact, here's a weird connection. You remember when you and I worked together at Carowinds? I also worked at a church. Mm-hmm. Will was my was the camera uh, videographer at the church when I ran sound. That's how I met Will. This industry is so small, especially in Charlotte. It really is, and that's why it's so important to keep your connections oh, to yeah. be professional at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was able to, I know, I mean, I, I've only ever filmed in Charlotte one time and that was on a super low budget film, but one of the hair and makeup girls went on to work do hair and makeup for the TV show Homeland for like five years. And yeah. she's gone on to do really great things, but, um, but yeah, so tell me a little bit more about Delilah. Um, cause, cause your, your IMDB credit is pretty great. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> You are, <laughs> I'm being honest, <laughs> you are filthy girl in restaurant. Flirty, flirty. Oh, flirty. Oh my gosh. My glasses are terrible. Flirty girl. Wait a minute. Yeah, not filthy. I'm sorry. Listeners, Yeah. flirty. Yeah. Flirty girl, <laughs> which I think is probably better than filthy. Yeah, flirty girl in <laughs> restaurant. So tell me about that. So yeah, actually, again, like I said, I was hired to be a stand-in. But when you go to these sets and you do your job and you show up on time and you're helpful and do other things, like it's quite possible to get a role. So I was sitting, um, we were filming at Mertz in Uptown Charlotte, the restaurant. And I was sitting there, had my laptop out, just waiting for them to call stand-ins. And the director was like, you sit here. And I was like, okay, guess I'm standing in for somebody else. And they're like, take your mask off. I was like, because it's COVID time. So we had to wear a mask all the time, which was a whole nother thing filming during COVID. And she was like, take your mask off. And I was like, okay. And she was setting camera lights. I was like, wait, is this like for real, for real? Like real life? And she's like, this is real life. She was like, I want you in this scene. So yeah, she gave me a little bit of direction and then it started. And the role was supposed to do a little bit more, but then of course COVID happened. We got shut down a couple of times. Um, so that ended up being the only scene I got to be in. But yeah, it was kind of cool to just be like, she was like, I like your look. You've been here every day doing what you're supposed to do. I'm going to put you in the scene. That's great. That's great. Getting rewarded like that is is really is really nice. Yeah, um, and it was cool because she was the director. She directed uh, Lovecraft Country and a couple of episodes of Queen Sugar as well. So wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Um, great. So let's uh, let's talk about your feature. Uh, key, uh, keys, keys and cuffs. Keys and cuffs. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about your feature. So what? So how long did you film? Like, just give me the lowdown. I want everything. All right. Keys and cuffs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's a new film group coming out. Um, they sent me the breakdown and it's um, Detective Melinda Key. She's kind of like a, she's a tomboy detective. Like, can I curse? She's a badass. You can edit that out later. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fine. We're good. <laughs> That's literally what the description was. And I was like, I wear tights and a tutu, but we're going to work this out. So um I had some virtual meetings with the director and we did some read throughs and then they're like, Hey, you got to come to New York and get this filmed. So um, I stayed in Manhattan, but we mostly filmed in South Bronx, which was an experience in itself. 
Um, I was nervous. A couple times I had to walk down the street with a gun on my side. And I was like, did they know we're filming? Because I don't want to be a random girl walking down South Bronx with a gun on my hip. <laughs> but um, that was another super, super cool experience. And I'm glad that I had the experience on Delilah because I didn't go into this movie set not knowing what was going on, completely green. Um, and yeah, I met a lot of cool people, worked with a lot of cool people. I had, ended up having to go back and forth to New York a couple of times. I'm kind of excited too. Uh, there's going to be a press tour. I've never done that. So we're going to travel around whenever it opens. It's going to premiere like a couple cities like Charlotte, Alabama, Jersey, and things like that. And so we get to do press tours for all of that. And I'm on a movie poster. Who thought that yeah. I would ever be on a movie poster? <laughs> and it's a great looking poster. I, I saw it. I think it's really great. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I'm I'm super excited for you. As soon as I saw that you had you were filming a feature, that's when I said I have got to have a conversation with you and then record it so people can hear it. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, let's be honest, it's a, it's probably a pretty low budget film, right? I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, what do you what do you think? Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like a, a Tyler Perry production. Oh sure. Um, but it's definitely. I think this film group is doing big things. I think they're going to end up, they were actually filming, I want to say three or four movies during this time in different parts of the country. So they've got a lot going on. Um, and I will say too, it's hard work. Like a lot of people, you only see the glamorous side, like, oh, you get your hair and makeup done and you smile on camera. It can take all day mm -hmm. to film 10 seconds of a scene. And it's like, do it again, do it again. Oh, got to move the camera. Oh, wait, a car went outside and we're going to be able to hear that. We got to do it again. Um, so, of course, it's all fun while you're in it, but it is a lot of work as well. Weather. I had to stand outside and do a scene in the rain. You know how I feel about my hair. <laughs> I had to <laughs> stand out there in the rain and film my little scene. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's, it's, I love it. Uh, I almost wish I would have started earlier, but at the same time, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I may not have been ready or mature enough or sure. had the space for it earlier. So, cause my agency has kids too. So if there's anybody in the area, contact me. Um, and I see those little six year olds. I'm like, Oh man, she's six doing a commercial. I'm <clears throat> 25. Yeah. Doing a commercial. <laughs> I've been 25 for a while now. Um, but yeah, I think it all happens. It all happens for a reason. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. And, and, you know, and why not now? I mean, you know, there's, there is no, I don't know. I don't think there's any rule that says you have to get in it at a certain age. I mean, you know, there's certainly exceptions to the rule. Like you look at like uh, like Sir Ian McKellen, right? He's the guy that played Gandalf, but he didn't start acting until he was like in his fifties. You know, and what was the lady? Ah, oh, she was on Black Panther. She was like seventy something, and it was her first role. Ah, oh, I cannot remember her name right now. But to your point, yes, you can. Yeah, it's whenever. So it's just whenever it feels right and. And it's just the opposite. Like I left the film industry because it didn't work for what I wanted to do long term. And it's hard from all, all accounts to be uh, married and work film unless you work, you're married to someone that's in the industry with you. And the, oh, yeah. the only why I'm not married. Well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, every, every married person that I knew with a successful marriage they were married to people in the industry because it's hard. And it's not just the fact that it's, it's long travel. It's just long hours mm -hmm. with, I mean, you know, it, it's a 10 to 12 hour day. Yeah. And a lot and, of times you'll get the schedule the night before. Mm -hmm. 
like this says, oh, you have to be on set at 6 a.m., but it doesn't give you an end time. It's just that start time. And so it's hard to plan travel. It's hard to do, you have to cancel things because you never know when something might come up. You know, I was at the studio getting ready to teach a class. I got a call from my agent. She said, hey, this casino wants you to model in their print ad and be in their commercial. Can you do it? I said, sure. She said, call times at 5 a.m. tomorrow. It's a four-hour drive. I was like, you got it. So I left the studio, went and packed a bag, drove the four hours so I could be there for call time. So you really have to have a, a degree and level of flexibility that's hard to maintain if you got a new relationship or even like a, a new child. I couldn't imagine um, with as quickly as things happen, like you get booked and you have to be gone that next day a lot of times. Yeah, it does sound, that does sound hard. Um, yeah, goodness. Uh, well, um, I don't have really much other questions. You've already pretty much answered everything that I asked. Well, tell me about your uh, your co-host uh, on your on your movie. Oh, his his awesome. His name is Michael Stephen Paul. Um, he's actually a music producer as well and a philanthropist. Um, and so he's gotten some pretty big names in the movie, like um, Tristan Irby from the '90s group High Five was in the movie. Fun fact. I didn't know who he was. I was sitting there talking to him, helping him memorize his lines. We were laughing and joking. And then I Googled him because, you know, I Google people. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> you're that guy. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. You never know who you're going to meet on Delilah. Um, I was the stand in for Jill Marie Jones and she's Tony on the show Girlfriends, which is, you know, longstanding show. So she's done some some major stuff. She's worked with Kevin Hart. Um, so it was cool to kind of see and watch her and to learn from her. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's, it's a fun industry. And I say, if you've got a passion and desire to go for it, uh, make sure you research your agencies. Don't just try one because somebody else is there. Um, I like my particular agency because they're boutique. They have a certain amount of people that have on their roster and that's it. So like, she knows I dance. She knows my favorite color as to where as if I was an agency that had 10,000 people, I'm just one in a million. So I personally liked the one-on-one. Some people like the big factor because, you know, when you're in that big space, you might get bigger opportunities. But even our small agency is getting huge things. I mean, look, I was on an Oprah set. Um, fun fact on the Oprah set, I got to PA for a day, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when yeah. you're responsible and they need you, they will use you. Yep, now I belong in front of the camera. PA was, I, I did it. I experienced it. Uh, not for me. <laughs> Just so again, so for those that don't know, PA stands for production assistant. And usually that's a person with a radio and a clipboard. And they do things like they, you know, make sure everybody has their script uh, or their dailies, as they're called. Uh, mm-hmm. Get coffee for people, water. Sometimes they're sent over to craft services to make sure that everything is set up. They do everything. I had a bell I had to ring every time they were like rolling. I had to hit the bell and it was, just, it was a lot. And there's a, I also never knew and never thought like a set is like an ant colony. There are so many people. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's simple stuff like, okay, you have your electric crew. Mm-hmm. Only one person on the crew can change the light bulb. And then somebody else plugs the light bulb in. And then suddenly I'm just like, whoa. What is it like? I never knew that there were so many people. And so that's that's interesting that you say hearing you say that because that that's evidence that you're working on really good good productions. <laughs> uh, the fact that you're on an Oprah set tells me that tells me one thing about that. Like that you hear to hear you say that, you know, because the stuff that I worked on, you know, 
the I did all of those things, right? So there was a there was a movie where we filmed we filmed a feature, and we had a, we were a crew of nine, and it was my myself and another gentleman named Damon who has been the videographer for several of Tyler Perry's videos in Atlanta. He's from Atlanta mm-hmm. um, before Tyler Perry became Tyler Perry. Like mm-hmm. um, a lot of his shorts, like the, the, the very early days of Medea before people knew what that was. Right. Right. Um, and it was just, he and I, he was the, uh, the director of photography and I was by accounts, by all accounts, I was the gaffer, which meant I was in charge of lighting and all of electrical Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us. So the <laughs> fact that you're talking about, you had a guy for the lights, you had a guy for, because you have grips and you have electrics, you have probably, And I walked around and I was like, what's your title? What do you do? I was like, you're a best boy. The what's best, a best boy? boy? Does that mean you're like good? Like people like you? Like, what does that even mean? I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and then it's cool. There's one guy who walked around with like an iPad and he could control the lighting in the different mm-hmm. rooms from his stuff. And, and it was kind of cool to see how, and then to actually see the show and see how it all comes together and be like, wow, like it's actually incredible to know what all goes on behind the scenes. It, it also really gives you more of an appreciation from, from when you're watching a show or movie and go, I know how they did that. Oh, mm-hmm. I bet you that there's a person sitting behind that door. So when they walk out, they don't trip over the wire uh-huh. or, or whatever, you know, like. And now I, whenever I watch TV now, I always look like if there's a mirror or a window, I was like, is there a reflection? Yeah. Because that was a huge thing. They were like, like if there was a light or a window on set, they had to get the blinds just right. So that mm-hmm. way you couldn't see the 10,000 people standing, um, standing around. And then like. And boom shadows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I asked the sound guy, I was like, how many times have you bopped somebody in the head with that thing? <laughs> he was like, it's been about a decade, but it's normally a stand in when I do it. I was like, oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and again, you talking about being a stand in. So a lot of the productions that I worked on, I was asked to be a stand in. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, and this was again, the, the, the director of photography was a young, young guy. And he said, hey, Sean, I need you to be the stand-in. And the, and the camera guy said, he can't be the stand-in. And he says, why? And he says, Sean's the wrong color. <laughs> and he's like, what does that matter? Because like, like he thought there was some kind of like racial issue thing happening. And right. he's like, no, light bounces off white people differently than it does uh-huh. black people. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not... And he goes, oh... So he's literally looking for the crew, and unfortunately, all of the crew look like me. So <laughs> we just had to make do. But um, just yeah. things you don't know. Like, yeah, as a stand, I had to go to wardrobe every day, and I had to wear the same color. They gave me the same color that she had on. It's called a color cover. Like, it might not be fancy. Like, she was wearing like Prada, and they would give me a gray T-shirt to match her gray suit. Sure. But um, just again, all these things that I had no I idea, and the different lenses. And I always thought too on a series. I thought for the most part, like it would be the same director. We had like four different directors for the different episodes. Mm-hmm. So each director wants something different. Someone is standing to act out the part. Someone wants you to just stand there. You are standing. You stand. Um, so there was a lot. Uh, filming during COVID. Did you do any work filming during COVID? Because that was fun. Did I? COVID no. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. We had COVID teams and masks and we had to get tested. I got tested Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, every week for four and a half months. Wow. But we made it through. Yeah, no, I haven't done any. I haven't done any uh, set work. Um, 
It's been a couple of years. The, the last thing I shot was a, it was some, com- oh no, the last thing I did was for, um, you'd find this really interesting. It was, um, so Chevy, I might edit this part out because it's about me. Um, <laughs> Chevy partnered with, oh, crap, who was it? It's a, it's a school. It's a, um, it's a school in Chicago that gives scholarships to minorities who want to get into the broadcast media uh, industry uh, to okay. get more minorities into um, whatever that means, broadcast media, whether it's TV, film, but mostly uh, like journalists. That's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for, like journalists. And so they were, it was a, it was a, a, a two ladies and a gentleman, uh, all three were, were black, and they were on a tour of the country. And they stopped off here in Charlotte, and they were meeting on their on their trips. They would stop and meet prominent um, black uh, people in their industry, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the stops before. They were in Virginia before. I don't know who they met before. But when we were here in Charlotte, they met Bubba Wallace, who okay. is now the race car driver for Michael Jordan's team. Um, at the time, he was racing for someone else. I don't know. I don't know racing. But... I got to meet Bubba and I got to meet those actors and I was the sound guy for that particular shoot. And it was very hard because of the schedule because there NASCAR- were people in my agency on that sheet. Really? Yep. Um, so yeah, that was the last thing that I did. And when I got done with that particular shoot, I looked at my friend and said, if I ever ask you to, you know, to let me borrow some of your gear, cause I had to borrow, I don't own a lot of my own sound gear cause it's expensive. So if mm-hmm. I ever asked to borrow gear again, say no, because it was it honestly, it was one of the hardest things I'd done because the director was expecting one thing and I couldn't quite deliver it on the level that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, 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 the shoot came out great and Bubba was super nice and all of the other the moving parts went on fine. It was just, it was it was a hard twelve hours for me. I'll say that. <laughs> anyway, that was the last thing I did though. So that was that was well before COVID. And that was two thousand nineteen. Easily, yeah. Um, oh, fun story. So I just did uh, the YMCA commercial for their new app, and the commercial came out, and it was awesome. But we literally spent all day working out. Like I had to do fifteen thousand jump squats, and they put one in the commercial. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I have to do like I, I was literally sore for the next three wait three days? Like I had to work for that one. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool to see like you go to their website, and it's the app, and it's like my face and and the commercial is kind of cool to see too how they edit all that together. Like you might look at, and I learned this on Delilah too. They'll have you look at a at your phone, and you're looking at a blank screen. But then when the production comes out, they put whatever graphic on the screen was supposed to be there. It's like wow, how they do that. So I didn't, I didn't know so much went into post-production. Um, there's just a lot. I think the actual, the tech crew and everybody behind the scenes, the true, like the actors with all the credit, like, Oh gosh, she's so great. But like eight times out of 10, we look so great because people behind the scenes make that happen. Yeah, it's very true. And I had very little to do with it for my part. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, well, Erica, I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else you just want people that are listening to know about you or what you're doing, or you have any projects that you know of coming up? 
Um, well, I'm on right of first refusal for one right now. And so that basically means that they're more interested in me than not. They've done an availability check. And oh, I will tell you this. Here's another great story. So I got casted um, in HBO series, recurring role. So excited. It was like my third audition. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you got his recurring role on HBO. You're going to be famous. Two days later, the casting call comes back out for that same role. And my agent's like, wait a minute. This is Erica's role. They changed it and they wanted a Latina. So there's some times where you might get outacted. Okay, great. You can work on that. But there's also times where they would just change it on you like that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Like we had a commercial come through the agency where they wanted an 11 year old boy and ended up casting like a six year old girl. So that was something I didn't know. Like I was like, I'm hired. What do you mean you want somebody else that doesn't look like me for the part? So, um, yeah, you got to have a thick skin. You just have to know that there's a part out there for you. And when your time comes, it'll come. And every role that you don't get, everything, like it's, it's, it's practice. Every audition, every time a casting director sees you is good. I think the problem comes when you're not getting auditions. So I figure as long as I'm getting auditions, either telling me no, somebody sees something and they're just trying to find, trying to find the right place for me. Yeah, that's great. No, that's very good advice, too, for really anything in life. You know, just keep, keep trying. Someone's going to say yes. All it takes is that one person to to say, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, this is uh, this is our person." Yep. So that's uh, definitely a good moral of the story. If this podcast were to have a moral, <laughs> well, it does today. <laughs> right. Cheap cheap seat reviews, creating morals for all those who listen. I don't know. Life lessons. That's right. All right. Well, well thank that- you so much for having me. Thank you, Erica, for coming on. This was such a blast. I had a good time catching up with you. It's been a while. Uh, I will put in the show notes links to your social media accounts so people can follow you to see how you are doing in your new career. Uh, please uh, go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. There you can find links to our normal shows and links to our social media accounts. So if you are listening to us because of Erica, please stay uh, and listen to some other shows. It's a lot of fun we have here on Cheap Seat Reviews where we normally review movies that are streaming. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So on behalf of Erica, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.